This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Cred Gene Sports. I'm with my main man, Rohan. How's it going, Rohan? Hey, man. I'm doing good. Ready to talk some football. It's a nice Tuesday evening here today. And, uh, yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, man. Great, great Tuesday. Um, hopefully, everyone can hear me well. Uh, I'm not. Um, as you guys could all see, I'm in a, a nice office, actually, today. Um using my airpods so hopefully you guys can hear me let me know if you can't i will adjust audio and do what i have to do but let's get right to it rohan so i don't really know what was said um i was at work all day um what happened with 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 we i know you you hit me and you're like hey man george kittle said something we got to talk about it so i'll let you go ahead and explain to me, what was said, because I really, I, I know you, you kind of text me real quick um, about it, but what, what were the, the comments about um, from George Kittle on Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? So George Kittle has now spoken on the topic three times. He spoke about it to media, I believe, last week uh, when the players were made available to media. And that was the time where we heard him say, I'm not going to lie to you guys, Trey Lance looks much better this year than last year, um, to the media, to the local media, that is. Then earlier today, I believe today, he spoke on Good Morning America, um, and he talked about the quarterback situation, said that Trey Lance is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. He's looked better. He's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. For his quote specifically, he said, Trey Lance has taken steps forward. I think he's more than suitable to play quarterback for us. He had some great reps at OTAs. And then uh, moving forward, he said, Trey is a starter in the NFL. He will be. Get that guy some reps. He has an incredibly high ceiling. Brock Purdy, won eight straight games, got hurt. It's just Brock's to lose at that point. Essentially saying Trey Lance is a starter in the NFL, believes in him to be the starter for the 49ers if needed, but Brock Purdy's job to lose at the moment. Spoke on the Jim Rome show as well, uh, saying that I think Trey wow. is definitely a starting quarterback. Like I said, he just needs reps. That's all it is. So essentially what, what George Kittle was doing, I mean, you can look at it two ways, right? You can look at it in, in the sense of, is George Kittle playing the pump and dump for the 49ers, you know? Does he know the 49ers are planning on trading him? So he's like, hey, let me pump up his trade value um, for the organization I play for. Um, let's see what we can get for him. Or is he telling the truth? And is he really saying how he feels about this quarterback? And when you're talking about reps, what I get from that is if you're saying, hey, this quarterback needs reps, all he really needs to do 
is get reps. Like, it's been talked about by so many people on, on who, con- who are content creators. Give Trey Lance reps. Give him reps. Give him reps. So the fact that they're splitting him first-team reps in OTAs is stupid. Um, so I'm going to be straight up. Like, it's stupid because when you look at what Trey Lance is, he's a quarterback that needs reps. Everyone has, has said it. His teammates have said it. Um, going into the season, going into training camp, um, he should get some reps with the, with the ones. Um, I don't think Brock Purdy will be back immediately uh, for OTAs or for training camp, sorry. So what that does is it, it puts a competition for Brock, uh, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. Um, so essentially, I think Trey Lance should get all the quarterback one spot uh, reps. If he looks absolutely terrible, then you give him to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has 55 career um, games where he has reps in, in that capacity. So when you're looking at that, it's kind of like, man, George Kittle is pretty much telling the organization and fans across the world exactly what 49ers content creators have been saying for the last two years. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, to me, it's crazy because, one, George Kittle's probably telling the truth. Um, last year, I didn't hear of any big connections with George Kittle to Trey Lance. This year, they had a 60-something yard touchdown that was a dime from what I had heard. Um, yeah, so here's, Kittle here's mentioned what... that 60-yard touchdown as well um, in the in the uh, in his press conference with the media. Talked about it how you know that was a throw that they struggled with last year in practice. This year, though, that row uh, that throw it's been seamless. Absolutely. So when you're looking at it, it's like if one, if Trey Lance is getting better, right? He was was he the starter last year to start the season? You're saying Lance? Yeah. 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 Or you're saying nope. Kittle. Okay. No, no, Lance, Lance. Yeah, yeah, of so course. So when, when you're hearing him say these kind of comments, right, how do you take this? question for everyone. Uh, how do you dictate this as a head coach or an organization? Uh, shout out to Luke. Throwbacks also in the house. Um, but how do you – take these kind of comments when you have a quarterback on has the potential it was your starting quarterback last year and enough for you to essentially want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo um, and now he's getting better and then when you look at it he's having George Kittle this is the, this is the first time Kittle said something after uh, minicamp a couple of weeks a week ago he he went on on record saying hey he looks much better quarterback in the NFL he just needs reps. How do you how do you view that if you're the organization, Rohan? Yeah, I mean when you when you talk about the way that the 49ers um, go about it, first of all, I think it's interesting. I I I'm I'm genuinely curious like the timeline of why it's coming out now, right? Like um and the way that it's coming out because I'm not a guy to speculate much, but why has there been no talk of Sam Donald? Like I, I I'm I'm very intrigued. There's no talk of Sam Donald at all from the players in the clubhouse. That's something uh, that was interesting, especially because they've been splitting first team reps. And maybe it's because he's still getting a grasp of the playbook or whatever. But you know, a lot of national talk was around Sam Donald, but inside the locker room, there hasn't been much talk of Sam Donald. And you talk about this quarterback competition. 
I think the main one is between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Again, my belief is that if Brock Purdy returns and is ready to go for week one, there's not a chance he loses his job. I think Trey Lance has to play in games for him to be able to win that quarterback spot. But right now, this is a vote of confidence for a guy uh, that the 49ers and players within the organization believe can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And there's clear improvement there. And I believe he's only going to improve as the improvement that he made. He's going back to the same coach who helped him, you know, fix the throwing motion a little bit um, and help him improve this offseason. And Jeff Christensen, Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach for the next 40 days, I think it's trending up for Trey Lance and also further solidifying um his spot as at least the backup quarterback for this team so breaking news if you're a giants fan because this is the cledging sports i plan on not only talking football but baseball uh luis matos and david villar have have both been uh pulled from the triple a team in the fourth inning um in in the fourth inning of the game Okay. But J.D. Davis and Mitch Hanniger were injured on consecutive plays in the Giants and Cardinals game. So we might be seeing the, the hot prospect of Luis Matos coming up to the Giants um, in the last six games, six home runs. Um, hit, he's hitting over 400. Um, you should be excited for him. Um, that, that's just breaking news that, okay. that I just saw right now. Um, got an update on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, but going to what you're saying about Sam Darnold, Maybe it's because Sam Darnold sucks. Everyone's talked about Sam Darnold. What if he sucks? Like, what do you really, realistically, you gave a quarterback like Sam Darnold $5 million, guaranteed your quarterback three. But what blows my mind is what Kittle's saying, it's true. Trey Lance, starter who needs the rest. And it's up to Kyle Shanahan, um, Brian Greasy, um, the organization on do you want the quarterback who has the more potential? Um, because I, I'm curious on what George Kittle would say if he was asked on who has more potential, like who has the most potential in the quarterback room, right? From what I answer would be Trey Lance. Um, obviously, he's not going to make that answer because those are two of his teammates, potentially two starting quarterbacks that are thrown in the football. probably should have them compete because you have a tight end who is talking highly of him and you don't hear George of teammates like this because last year George Kittle didn't talk highly of of Trey Lance. He kind of just brushed off the questions like he did this year. Like it was really like, oh yeah, he's doing great. I I still see Trey Lance. I still see Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the side field. Like that was a kind of what I the vibe I got from from the teammates, um, so for me, what I'm kind of is this George Kittle endorsing Trey Lance? Is he is he getting and backing Trey Lance right now? I mean, I think that it's an endorsement over Sam Darnold. I won't necessarily say it's necessarily an endorsement over Brock Purdy because he said it's Brock's shop to lose, and he pointed out the game experience. I think that's been his take this entire offseason. But 
to me, it's he's more comfortable with the two quarterbacks that have been in the room for the last two years, you know, uh, in or last year, I guess, in Purdy's case. He's more comfortable with those guys. And the reason that I bring it up, I pointed it out this year, and we'll talk about it too. This isn't just a crucial year for Brandon Ayuk, who's going to get a contract extension after this year. It's a crucial year for him. It's a crucial year for Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Why? Ayuk's going to get a contract extension after this year, so he's looking to get the best season possible to get the most money. Samuel, on the other hand, he has two years left on his deal. And, um, or, ooh, it might be, no, it might be, sorry, three years, um, including this year, two years after this year. But the 49ers could save some money by uh, trading him with a post-June 1st designation this year, or could look to extend Brandon Ayuk and have the have the notion of just trading outright trading Debo Samuel in his before the final year of his contract, which I believe is a little bit more of a likelier scenario. But in a way, while the, those two are really close, it's somewhat of a competition because it doesn't seem very feasible that the 49ers would be able to extend both, nor does it seem in their plans that they'd look to pay that much posi- uh, money to the receiver position, which isn't necessarily a premium on their board of positions. So that's the way I look at it. But I talked about those two. We got to get to Kittle too. George Kittle is the easiest player to move on from of the core four, including McCaffrey, this next season. Why? Because Kittle, if you look at his his uh, move, you could say 50% of his contract's guaranteed money, or his cap hit, sorry, contract's cap hit next year, what they cut you could also save more with the trade. He he's scheduled to make around 19 million. You could save around nine to 10 million next year if you designate him with a post June first cut. And so I think it's on all three of those guys right now. They're looking to get see who's the best guy out there that can help me compete to 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 produce and have the best year. Because if you don't remember, Sebo Samuel down year 632 yards. Kittle. Didn't reach the 1,000-yard mark, wasn't close to it either. Um, I, I believe it was 710 yards that he got. You know, And both of them had some injuries this past season that caused them to miss a couple of games. But they're trying to get back to where they were. And so that's the way that I look at it. Them not necessarily forcing the hands of the 49ers, but making it clear who they probably are a little more comfortable with, understanding it's their money that is going to be played around with. So... I'm gonna since you're talking about trading people, I'm I'm gonna throw. I don't don't know if the numbers match. I don't have not looked at it, but I do know Stephon Diggs is upset in Buffalo, right? Talk about it because so, this situation. I mean, I didn't catch the entirety of it. I was at work this morning, but what is going on there? Because that one was a little so, weird, you know. What I do know is Stephon Diggs got upset. I don't know if it's with the organization, Josh Allen. It sounds like he's upset with someone in the organization, whether it's quarterback, team-wise. But there's also a player on, on the 49ers organization, right, who you say you have to make a decision on the core te- on the core players, right? Well, if Buffalo has to end up trading Stephon Diggs, I don't know if the money matches. This it is, can't. They I'm, can't. I'm not, uh, $31 million dead cap hit in 2024. It's impossible. Dude, why do you got to ruin my – my uh, but go for it go for your idea yeah oh see the idea was would you trade Debo samuel for stefan diggs straight up 100 percent. i mean uh, are you saying contract contract wise contract contract or sorry i don't know know not not included contract the numbers work yeah if the numbers worked out i don't know how it worked 
I really have not looked at Stefan Diggs' contract because I've been at work. But when I did see that he didn't show up to mandatory mini camp or he did and head coach said he's extremely worried or whatever, and then Josh Allen made a comment and then I just saw right, uh, earlier right after work that Stefan Diggs posted a cryptic message like, mm-hmm. oh, you can say whatever you want. That's what makes have helps you sleep at night. So when you're looking yeah. at that, and so the, I mean, the reason match. reason I said 100% if the numbers match is first of all I, I it, it this is unrealistic it won't happen cuz Buffalo can't move him with the contract but if they were to move him you get significantly decreased cap hits for Stefan Diggs and he's extended for the next few years and you know he's producing at a prime level and so to trade Debo Samuel for that if it was straight up I think I'd 100% do it um it, it, you know Diggs is a guy who I think is a fit in any system a guy who is a pristine route runner would definitely be that in San Francisco helps as an outside guy. And I mean, that's exactly what you want to elevate a quarterback. You know, he's perfect for any quarterback. And I think, you know, I think the money also benefits the 49ers in this case, if they were to do it um, because they trade Debo with the post June first trade. But would you say that Debo Samuel or Stefan Diggs fits which quarterback? Oh, in that regard, I would say, I don't know. I think Diggs. I think Diggs could honestly follow the follow up. Yeah, I think Diggs honestly fits both. I, I think Diggs fits both. If I'm being honest, I think Diggs fits both. I, I because I, I I think he works well in the short and intermediate game as well with his route running. But he's he's seen as a deep threat. But I think he can work well in the short and intermediate game as well. But then if you if you play more to the shorter intermediate route. You're kind of taking away who Stefan Diggs is, right? It's like Correct. if you Correct. if you do if it's like if you do you have Devo constantly running deep routes and everything like that, right? Um you would essentially have Devo Samuel's entirety of his game taken away from him. Because he's a guy who used the ball in his hands, the yards after the catch, which are the quick bubble screens, passes behind the line of scrimmage or underneath routes. So for me, what I'm looking we still have to talk about Brock Purdy, but when we look at Trey Lance, I think if you were to give Trey Lance uh, the keys to the offense and you give him Brandon Ayuk, Stefan Diggs, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, I think the offense would be just as productive as it was last year. If you look at, and if you look at what the offense was last year, it didn't really drop off from Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy. The 49ers are averaging around 26, 27 points um, with Jimmy Garoppolo, they started averaging 30 with Brock Purdy. Now, the biggest difference was, was it the quarterback play? If you look at the defense, defense stepped up from, they have, uh, I believe, one, tur- one, some, one point something turnovers per game to like two and a half turnovers per game. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From the, from the time Brock Purdy stepped in, that's what changed, right? You're getting two and a half more possessions per game. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to score at least seven more points if you have Kyle Shanahan as your quarterback, right? So for me, realistically, the offense didn't change much. Like it didn't, it elevated in the sense of, yes, more points, but realistically, how do the points come, right? Like, and that's what I'm looking at right now because. What George Kittle did say, because I, I know you did tell me, he said, but it's Brock Purdy's job to lose. Yes, it's Brock's Purdy's job to lose. But realistically, what did he do in the sense of the 49ers wanted to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, right? What did he do to show you that he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you saying what did Brock Purdy do or what did, like, are you involving Kittle in this? Um, what did Brock Purdy do? Purdy did um, willingness to take the deep shot. Um, I'd say pocket presence was a little better, and improvisation. That's pocket the main three. He was, but his pocket not, presence, not, the not pocket presence. Pocket I mean, presence. like pocket mobility is what I meant. Mobility, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because his pocket his, presence, his you you know, we've had some issues where he bails it way too early. But improv, pocket mobility. And probably willingness to take the deep shot. Not necessarily to be able to throw it, but the willingness to. And the thing is, though, is, is like, to a friend of mine, and we were just having the conversation. And I was like, the thing is, though, is the willingness and the ability to thing is, like, when, you, when you talk, I know when we talk um, Brock Purdy, it's always the, the willingness. He says, oh, he's willing to take shots deep. But can he complete them at a consistent rate? Like, can he realistically, is he able to do it? I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to go run. I'm willing to run 10 miles a day. But am I able to run 10 miles a day? If looking at what Brock Purdy really is, and I don't think he's much of an upgrade, if he is an upgrade, over Jimmy Garoppolo, I personally think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback, and I didn't really care for Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. Right? So the thing is, is, and I understand people will go, oh, well, pre-Jimmy was, was good. It was good. Well, so was post-Jimmy. He won. If that's the argument of, of a quarterback, it brings you back to what Kyle Shanahan said when he 
if you're going into the season, it's a risk any season you don't go into go into it with one of those top five guys. Is Brock Purdy a top five quarterback? Even a top ten? No. Absolutely no. not. Is is Trey Lance? No. But the thing is, who has the more upside to be a to top five quarterback? To me, it's Trey Lance. So when I'm looking at it, is what does Trey Lance need to do to unseat Brock Purdy as a quarterback? One, whether it's in training camp, um, preseason, or do you even think Brock Purdy could unseat uh, Purdy could lose a regular season? Because we haven't seen Kyle willing to move on from a quarterback during the season. Yeah. Did that make sense or no? No, I think it I, – I, I mean, I think your premise makes sense overall. And that you're talking about the potential of Brock Purdy. But the one thing that I'll say about the potential argument and why I – I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure you, you said yourself you agree with Kittle in that, yeah, it should be – it could be Purdy's job to lose. But overall, what I'll say on it is I'm, I, I do think that it is Purdy's job to lose, and I think that he gets it. I actually it. disagree. So you think Lance is in the front seat it, right now? I, I don't think it's Brock Purdy's job to lose, and I don't think it's Trey Lance's job to lose. I think someone needs to go win the job. I don't think it's any of their jobs. When you oh, have a no. quarterback who is your that quarterback le, le, Yeah, that's, that's the part I was about to get to in that right now the way for Brock Purdy to get the job for me is for him to showcase that he's healthy enough to play week one. That's my criteria right now because I think that the 49ers value – the game experience most compared to everything. And so if he's healthy enough, meaning if he's able to insert himself into practice, I'd say about two to three weeks before the season starts and prove that he's ready to play week one, that's when I think he wins the job. If he's not, then you have Trey Lance there to win the job. And we've talked about it before. I think right now, professionally, it's in Purdy's best interest to try and get on the field as soon as possible. Contrary to what that might be for his long-term health, I think it's in his best interest because that's the number one way to solidify that you have a starting job in the NFL. Without it, if he ends up on the bench, then it's up to Trey Lance and his performance to prove how Brock Purdy uh, season goes. And of course, that's meaning that that's still placing high expectations on Trey Lance. If he gets the opportunity, he has to play well in order for him and the team has to be winning in order for him to. Uh, secure that starting role, but you know it's not in Purdy's hands anymore if he doesn't end up being that Week One guy. Because yeah, and the reason why I don't think and uh, Niners uh, Niner game, we will get to that question a little bit later. We plan on talking about about guys on the bubble and stuff like that, so we will get to that question. Um, so, but it, you have two quarterbacks, right? You have Trey Lance, who's your quarterback one going into the season last year. Then you have Brock Purdy, who, right? Both of them are considered your quarterback ones at this point because one, you traded all that, all those value picks to Jimmy Garoppolo to go get your guy in Trey Lance. But now you have a guy who shows you that he's capable of winning games. So for me, he give one of them the job back because they 
deserve it or they were chosen for it. To me, they're both coming off with injuries, right? Let the best man win. Realistically, let them go. It's not no one has no one has the advantage. No one has the uh, foot over the over another. And the reason is is because those are two quarterbacks who literally lost their jobs to injuries. Let them both go winning. I don't think anyone should have a foot over. I don't think Brock Purdy should be the leader in the clubhouse. Why? You literally moved on off of Jimmy Garoppolo last year because Trey Lance was your guy, right? But I do think the you, game experience does change it. something for the organization because Kyle Shanahan, what's but his if you biggest look at flaw? The game but his biggest flaw has but been you, the inability to, to get the quarterback situation correct. And so if he believes he's gotten it correct because of the way that the 49ers have played with Purdy at, on, on the field, I think he his tendency is, if that's a choice, I'd likely be able to go back to that. I mean, did he also he, – he could have also thought Jimmy Garoppolo was his guy in 2019 when his offense averaged 30 points a game heading to the Super Bowl, but he didn't. He ended up taking a quarterback in 2021 – so for me, it's like, I don't know what the organization is doing. I don't think anyone should have a foot up on anyone. I don't think there should be a leader in the clubhouse. I think they need to let both quarterbacks go fully on, full-blown competition and training camp. If Brock Purdy's back, let them split the reps at one. Whoever does better that week or that practice, the day before, or that practice, they get a little bit more reps. If he doesn't do as good, you give it to the other guy. Let them compete. I don't, I don't see why it's – one guy or the other. And the same thing with the fan base. I don't get why the fan base is one guy or the other. Now, you could have an opinion on who's better, but realistically, I don't care who starts. And the reason is because the 49ers have the best roster in the NFL. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL, a good run game, a good head coach. So realistically, they're going to be deep in the playoffs no matter what, no matter who's behind quarterback, quarterback, whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. So for me, I don't care. I really don't. But the thing is, is, if you go into the season training camp with Brock Purdy 100% your guy, you're making a mistake. Because one, you don't know who, what Brock Purdy is after eight games. You don't know what Trey Lance is after three or four games. I think that that's, that's fair. Yeah, I So agree. realistically, you are – so it's, it's like playing darts, right? It, when, you, when you throw it, it's like literally you, you have two darts right now. You can hit bullseye with either one. Let them prove that they're the bullseye. Don't just get one dart and aim for the bullseye, and your chances of hitting bullseye is much lower than throwing two darts. So that's how I see it. I don't know. It could be confusing, but that's how I see the quarterback situation right now. And I'll, I'll add this. When Brock Purdy returns, assuming that it's camp, if that's the case, I do think that there's still going to be a, like a competition. It won't necessarily be maybe be stated like that in the press, but I don't think he comes in and hundred percent gets all the first team reps. I do think that, you know, he'll be limited. Um, I think, well, first of all, I don't think that he's going to be there day one of camp. I don't even know if he'll be there the entirety of camp um, because that August 21st timeline that Matt Mayoko inadvertently put out, that's after camp and that's after the preseason as well. Like, so I, I, or it's before that third game. So I'm assuming Lance gets the entirety of the snaps, but when Purdy returns, I still think that there's, he, they're going to make him limited 
and still, you know, have somewhat of a split of those first team reps with Lance. So then what does, and so this is where it comes up is, what does Trey Lance need to do in camp while splitting those reps to win the job if Brock Purdy has the leg up on him right now? Are you saying, assuming Purdy comes back and is healthy week one? Yes, assuming he comes back. Let's say let's say Brock Purdy comes back, um, training camp. He's healthy. What does or yeah, what does Trey Lance need to do to win the job if he has the leg up, like everyone says, right? Like if he just like how how everyone's been saying, he's a leader in the clubhouse. What does Trey Lance need to do? Does he need to be absolutely pinpoint perfect, or does it matter if Brock Purdy struggles in camp and like, oh well, I mean, who cares? He he won eight games, right? Like if he if he struggles, does it matter? Like oh well, oh well, he won eight games. He's he's the guy, or can can Trey Lance win that job by being consistent every day? Um, does he need to be ten for ten every day? Does he need like what is the expectation for Trey Lance to win the job? Like what does he need to do? What are your expectations for him to do? Now this is the toughest one because if you're saying he, what's the what's the expectation without him winning any regular season games? I think that one of two things. I don't think it's fully in Trey Lance's hands, um, if I'm being honest. I, I don't. And I'm, I'm speaking from a team perspective. Purdy does have to struggle, I think, for Trey Lance to get the for, – for Trey Lance to get that week one starting job if he comes back and if he's ready to play week one and comes into practice. He has to struggle. He um, – but I think if Purdy returns to somewhat of his – like to his normal self that we saw before, I think that he's got the leg up. For Lance, though, the number one thing is 100% consistency. While we've heard so many flashes and seen like flashy plays and spotlight plays from Trey Lance, there hasn't been any level of consistency yet that I've seen on a week-to-week basis or a practice-to-practice basis throughout his young career thus far in last offseason and thus far this offseason. There needs to be a level of consistency. If Lance can prove that he can run the offense that's being in, uh, that's being integrated right now, which is that Purdy level, Purdy type of offense, you know, without the Lance extra package in it, if he can prove that he can run that offense with consistency and Purdy struggles, I think you go with Lance Week One. I think that's the way they look, understanding that this entire offseason they've repped the offense with Lance under center. Everybody's accustomed to it. The 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 the, the players are accustomed to it as well, and he's he's you know he's proving that he can be the guy that you want him to be by being consistent in not only his reads but also you know the accuracy with his footwork and things that he's going to work on in the next 40 days consistency is the main thing how realistic that is i don't necessarily know we have to we have yet to see it but if that's the case i think that there's there's a shot he can start week one and the team is actually confident in him not doing him throwing him out there on a trial basis I mean, for me, the reason why I think the team shouldn't worry about anything, Rohan, and being straight up on why they should not worry about one thing on starting either quarterback, in 2021, if the 49ers don't beat the Houston Texans, I don't think they make the playoffs. It's very tight that year because they went 10-7 and that year. Um... Philadelphia made it at the seventh seed as nine and eight. I don't know who was the eighth seed um, in that that division. 
or in the NFC. I am pretty sure they needed to win the last game to make the playoffs. So I'm not exactly sure if that was due to conference record, but I'm pretty, pretty, pretty confident they needed to win that last game to make the playoffs in 2021. The 49ers? Yes. So essentially, if the 49ers, so that season, right, looking at the regular season, they had to beat the Los Angeles Rams to make the playoffs. But if they don't beat the Houston Texans 23-7, to there might not even be in it. Guess who played quarterback that game? With the only time Kyle actually let Brock Purdy throw the ball, or, or, or Trey Lance actually throw the ball. He actually let him play quarterback, right? Was his actually his best game, which is actually surprising because that week before, people always oh, it was the Houston Texans. They suck. The week before, they, they lit up Justin Herbert. Absolutely lit him up. Like it was a game where so to me I don't I don't care on who is the quarterback because I've I've been I've shown or I didn't uh, Kyle has shown me when he calls an actual game plan for Trey Lance he can win and I mean when you talk about that part right I think that the part you just brought up about Kyle being able to call a game plan for Trey Lance. He's still experimenting with that. We haven't really seen the depths of what Kyle can do with Trey Lance in terms of play calling, right? You talk about that week, what was it, week 17 game in 2021. Well, he admitted himself. I mean, it was it was pretty much trial and error in that first, first half, right? He was developing that comfortability to call plays for Lance and things like that. It really only opened up in the second half after a touchdown pass to Elijah Mitchell. And then... In the in last year, you know, you saw a run heavy approach, not only from Lance, but from the from the uh, from the team itself. And first game monsoon that kind of, you know, and I know it wasn't a monsoon for the whole game, but, you know, that alters your plans a little bit in the way that you game plan. Second game offense is thriving for the first uh, you know, until Trey Lance gets injured, you had 12 running plays for 108 yards, and that was all in that first quarter and a half for Trey Lance. So, you know, it, it, it's it's shown to work. I'm expecting a different package a little bit this year, but the other part of the equation, yeah, Cal hasn't called really plays much for Trey Lance at all in a game setting. And when you look at when you look at what Kyle has called, right? You can point to the Arizona game where he was he called 29 passes, but they were down in that game, so he had to play catch up. Um, but when you look at the Houston game, threw the ball 23 times, 70% completion percentage, two touchdowns, 116 passer rating. Um, for me, so for me, it's like man, he he was competent. Like he was a quarterback, 249 yards. Like he was a quarterback that looked good. Um, the big plays were there. He forced interception to George Kittle, which he shouldn't have thrown. And he said right away, I knew what I did wrong, right? But you see the big jump on difference. So I don't think I'm, I'm worried about Trey Lance. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy, um, whatever the quarterback they go forward. Make it a competition. Make it a competition. Let's talk a little bit about um, some guys who are on the bubble or positions that are available, right? I know Nader Gang podcast asked, who do you guys think would be the third and fourth linebacker out of Winters? Graham and McCurry Ball. Um, I'll let you go first because I think he's missing someone in that rotation. Yeah, I mean the 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 linebacker core itself is 
arguably the deepest, deepest group of players. And if you're talking about, so first of all, the third linebacker, right? Um, obviously the top two are Warner and Dre Greenlaw. If you're, if you're talking about the next up in the competition, you name three players, the two draftees, and then obviously the standout from last camp in Marcelino McCrary ball, but there are, it, it's not just them. There are a couple of other names, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Oren Burtz both earned 53 man spots last year. I'm thinking Burks is also a guarantee to make the roster this year, not only for his special teams expertise, but also for his contract that essentially indicates it would be a two year deal with the 49ers. And um, so I'm expecting Burtz to make the roster. And I also think they are, they have comfortability with him running in that Aziz Alshire spot as well. I think they're a little more comfortable with him definitely than Flanagan Fowles. It's that fourth linebacker spot and maybe even the fifth linebacker spot if they carry five that are, you know, the big question marks. They carried five last year, but right now that fourth and fifth, I think are up for grabs. These three names and Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, I think are in the mix to get that spot. And the other name out there is Curtis Robinson. Uh, Robinson had flashes last year, kind of waned as the camp went along, but I'm expecting Marcelino McCrary ball to come out. He fits what the 49ers want a safety converted linebacker. So he's got, you know, he's got the speed and instincts of a safety, but he's also got good sideline to sideline speed. He can be a solid linebacker in this bunch. And I'm expecting him to, uh, make it out of the bunch. And then winters, Graham and Mars, uh, and Demetrius Flanagan fouls. This one's interesting for sure, because, I think there is a there is a solid chance that both rookies get cut despite despite being drafted in the sixth and seventh round. Like the 49ers, you thought that the 49ers were trying to prioritize linebacker this year because they drafted two, right? And they drafted two essentially back to back in that sixth and seventh round. But I think there's a good chance both get cut and they try and get both on the practice squad. The 49ers like to roll with two linebackers on their practice squad. Marcelino McCrary ball was one last year, almost got Segun Olaby, ended up not getting him on their practice squad. But there was another guy, I forget his name right now. Oh, I think it was Robinson himself who was on the practice squad after being cut um, from IR or something like that. But they, they had two on the practice squad. These might be their two practice squad guys if they don't get picked up. I, I agree. I think Oren Burks is your third linebacker. Um, he, what he did last year, filling in, solid linebacker. Now, the reason why I think they go with him is the veteran presence um, because they're not going to be in their base package much, especially with Steve Wilkes at, at defensive coordinator. So that Sam linebacker spot that they're rolling out, right, because you have obviously Fred and Dre there. That Sam backer spot, it's not important. It'll be on. They'll be on the field maybe twenty percent of the the reps. If if I'm if I'm calculating the right, um, I would guess around twenty twenty five percent of the of the time. So realistically, the third linebacker, fourth linebacker doesn't really matter much. Now, Oren Burks is that third linebacker because it's a veteran presence, as well as he's the guy who's your special team ace. Now, fourth linebacker. I think McCary Ball is better than Winters and Graham right now. And that's because of the experience. That's because he has the the NFL speed um, already down. But if I had to choose between the three who has the most upside out of linebackers, I'm actually going with Graham over Winters and McCary Ball. Now, McCary Ball is the, the hybrid safety linebacker that the Niners like. But I think Graham has the range and the length to be what they really want. Like, his length, 
his presence, I think, is is bigger to me than Winters and McCarry Ball's athleticism, speed. Um, and don't get it twisted. I, I know people look at the 40, 40 times. Graham's fast. He's twitchy fast. It's not a, a quick 4-4 four, four or 4-5, four, whatever people like to look at. They look at the, those numbers. When you look at his um, jump, he, he's, he has the play recognition. So if I had to go one of those guys, I'm going Graham. Um, out of those guys, um, to be the yeah. fourth linebacker, just for me, um, because he could he could play any position on the linebacking group. I think that that's fair. I think it's fair, and I think it'll be a nice competition. One other thing I want to point out is he's all Shire, right? He was the Sam last year, and he was a hell of a Sam, right? He's he's a Mike playing Sam, or he he he's a top linebacker essentially playing in a backup role for the 49ers. He played only 42% of the defensive snaps, and when you really look at it, he started the last two games of the year because Dre Greenlaw, I believe, had a groin injury, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, the last two games of the year. And after after you know the the 49ers, they um, they went more base heavy in weeks one and two. But after that, you look at his his snap counts, it wanes all the way from 14% to 53% in those uh, six weeks after he returned from injury, really. And this is Steve Wilkes, too. It's going to be less. And the other factor also involved with the uh, the Sam linebacker, three safety sets. The way that I believe they'll be implemented is not necessarily one as a big nickel as much, but more so in the base package where you have a third, that third linebacker being one of the safeties like Talano Hufanga who can, who's able to trigger very quickly out of that linebacker spot. That's the way that I think the three safety sets will be implemented more instead of the traditional where you, where you have a big nickel and utilizing one essentially in coverage. Is there any other players that, that are on the bubble that you're like, man, like, this player is position player or anything like that because I know linebackers is a is a big one. Um, is there any other yeah. position? Um, initially, one that pops up to my mind is uh, tight end um, because you talk about Charlie Warner, you talk about George Kittle. How many tight ends do the 49ers carry? Last year it was four. Before that it was three. 49ers re-signed Ross Dwelly, but they have two rookie tight ends, Cam Latu, and they also brought in Braden Willis out of Oklahoma in the seventh round. Do they trust Willis enough to give him that fourth roster spot if they carry four over um, Rostwelli, a guy who the organization views pr- pr- primarily as a backup? Or how does that work? I, I personally go the two rookies, especially because they were they were already making plays in minicamp and stuff like that. Um, I think you go the two rookies. I mean, if you're over – for me, over Rostwelli, because the way they treated Rostwelli was a few of the practice squad guy, really. like. Didn't really play. You're a special teamer. Cameron Latu and Brandon Willis can be special teamers. Like they don't need to be strictly linebackers. Like they have the athleticism to to get down the field on punts, um, kickoff, kickoff return. Um, so for me, realistically, what Ron Zwelli was was a practice squad guy playing kickoff, special teams, whatever you want to call it. So what I'm looking at it is, I I go the two rookies, and I think you gotta go. Either if you keep four, I keep uh, Warner over Ross Dwelly because of the blocking yeah. ability. Um, but I don't know. I think I might go three and just keep the two rookies with George Kittle, especially if they're impressing during training camp. But that becomes how are they doing in training camp? How are they blocking? How are they? How is their route running? Are they getting open? Stuff like that. Like where you you have to like d- uh, dive deep. Um, but I don't know. I would probably go the rookies over Ross Dwelly right now because Ross Dwelly was treated like he's a practice squatter. 
the way I look at it right now, um, I, I, I agree with you in that I, I'd go with the rookies over Rostwelly. I don't think the organization views Rostwelly very highly. I also don't think the NFL views Rostwelly very highly. I think they can have him on the practice squad because he was inactive for a significant amount of games last year. They can have him on the practice squad and essentially be able to fill in a role if an injury occurs. But I think they go with four. And the reason I think they would go with four is the same reason they went with four last year. They were able to get away with only having five wideouts on that 53-man roster last year and cycling through uh, that sixth guy on the practice squad. I think they'll operate with a similar, similar role this year. Obviously, in my opinion, there are a couple of guys who I believe can push for that wide receiver spot. A guy who I'm really high on is Tay Martin, um, the undrafted free agent last year. You've got some you've got some other guys, obviously, some veterans like Chris Conley and Willie Sneed in the mix as well. The big question to me is Tay Martin. If Tay Martin, um, you know, if 49ers are confident enough in Tay Martin uh, that they will lose him, if they don't put him on the practice squad this year, then I'd say you definitely use the 53 spot on him because I, I believe in his talent. I think he can be a solid weapon, specifically in 2024 when you lose Ray Ray McLeod likely and even Jawan Jennings. You need more wide receiver depth. You'll have Danny Gray to fill in in the slot, but you need backup depth, and I think Tay Martin fits that role well. But if you're able to keep him on the practice squad and roll with the five receivers, I think you keep four tight ends. The reason being, the 49ers right now, it seems like even with the plays that the rookies are making, the number one thing they want from their backup tight ends at first is that blocking ability. Once you're able to block and get on the field, you're able to utilize the the extensive part of your arsenal in terms of your skills. And so I think Warner still starts as that day one um, tight end number two for the 49ers alongside George Kittle, while the rookies work themselves into the rotation as the season goes along. For that reason, I think to start the 53-man roster, to initially start, I think they go with four tight ends, keeping the two rookies, but keeping Warner as Kittle's primary backup to begin the year. I 100% agree with you, and we'll do the last question right here, because this is a good one. Who will be the top seven receivers that make the team? So I'll go first. I'll name off the list of receivers I think are making the team. Um, I might have to debate on a couple of them. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, um, you got Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod. Um, I think Danny Gray makes the roster. So you have a battle. If they do keep seven, um, they might even keep six. It might just be a battle for that last spot. Um, you did mention uh, Tay Martin. Um, Ronnie Bell is in there. Now, the thing is, is they got Ronnie Bell in the seventh round, right? So realistically – you could kind of hide him in preseason. Like, teams do it. You could hide him in the preseason, um, don't really play him, or you could or you could stash him on the IR um, right before – during preseason, which ends his season. Um, you'd be now because it goes to your, your injured reserve, um, you keep him for the next year, right? I believe that's what they could do um, to stash him. Now, they, they, he, he could be that seventh guy that makes the roster. Put him on the IR right away. Um, I don't know because there's there's ways around putting players on the IR even when they're not injured, uh, kind of like a red shirt. Um, so it's either between for me Tay Martin and Ronnie Bell, and in my opinion, I really like Tay Martin. I think he is a guy who um, he reminds me a lot of um, Kendrick Bourne. Right, he reminds me a lot of Kendrick Bourne. The route running abilities there, six three, good size, very fluid. Um, or the 49ers could also go Daz Newsome, who a lot of people like out of North Carolina coming out. Um, me, 
right now, as it sits, I'm probably going Ronnie Bell over Tay Martin. And the reason is, is because the 49ers want guys who are very versatile. They want positionless football. Ronnie Bell can line up in the slot, outside. He can return punts, return kicks. Um, Tay Martin is more so a receiver that you want him more so on the outside. He could probably play inside of the slot. Uh, but realistically, it, it's whatever you prefer. Um, and I would go Ronnie Bell because it's positionless football. You could put him at more position if anyone went down. Um, but there's an argument for either one, and, and I would take either one of those guys. So I think they keep six. I don't think they keep seven. Um, what do you think? I think they even keep one less. I, I think they honestly roll with the five that they had last year. I think they keep five instead of six. And I think it's the same five as last year. Um, they're pretty confident, obviously, in this group. I, I think Danny Gray definitely 100% makes the roster as that fifth guy. So it's him, McLeod, Jennings, uh, Debo, and Brennan Ayuk. But I think that if they were to take a six, I would lean to Tame Martin instead. And I like your argument, right, about Ronnie Bell being a do-it-all guy. I do think, though, that they've got a couple of guys who they probably prefer to play in the slot. Jennings, McLeod, and Gray. I think they want to feel a little more confident on the outside, guys. Martin is that with that 6'3", 185 frame. But there's an argument for sure because Martin's already 25. You don't know if a 25-year-old is going to be claimed to uh, on another roster once you cut him. But if they were to keep six, I think they'd be able to stash Ronnie Bell, being him being a seventh-round pick, and keep him for a year on the practice squad. But the hope is that you're able to stash both on the practice squad this year, and they both are impact receivers on the back end next year. And you have a receiver depth that looks like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, um, Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, Tay Martin, and maybe another guy in that mix. But that's the hope. I think that they'll uh, I think that they'll go with five, but if one of those two breaks out, you obviously gotta keep them on the roster. That makes it six. Yeah, I think it's it's just a matter of who do you prefer on the roster, right? Like realistically, if one of them has a good preseason or a good training camp, it's like can you risk losing them? Because even though a team might not sign them right away to their or uh, claim them uh, from the waivers, they could always poach him hey, we're going to make you our highest-paid practice squad guy. We'll pay you more than what the coordinators are paying you. You could take them that way. So at the end of the day, it's kind of like the roster politics on, hey, what do, is he gonna, am I going to lose him? Am I going to keep him? End of the day, I don't know who they would they would prefer over the other. I think they would go um, Ronnie Bell because they drafted him. So they have that draft capital um, essence of the roster politics from drafting someone. Tim Martin was undrafted. So realistically, if you lose him, okay, well, we lost a guy. He was undrafted anyways. And if you lose a draft pick and he becomes something, it's kind of like, dang it, we knew we had something good when we drafted him. We let him go. We let another team get a hold of him, and now he's good. So I think that's what ended up being the big dictating factor, the roster politics, and essentially because the Niners drafted him in the, in the seventh round. So it might end up being Ronnie Bell if it came down to um, six receivers and they kept six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's it for today's show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, good good conversation. Um, that was pretty cool to see um, talk. I know and I know we normally um, don't really talk quarterback actually like that, like actually going in and deep dive. But that was actually a, a legit – because I don't think you and I, I don't think we have um, – any preference over a quarterback. I think we're actually trying to be non-biased. Best guy, 
on the roster. That's who should start week one. That's how it is. Best and guy, healthiest guy. As we close out, the, Fortnite, uh, the San Francisco Giants hit back-to-back home runs in St. Louis by Yastrzemski and Patrick Bailey. It looks like uh, Yastrzemski is feeling the pressure of Luis Matos being about to be called up, so he had to hit one out of the yard. I like it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Me and Rohan are out. See you guys on the, on the next episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.